Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, the video game music podcast. You're listening to episode 8-6 and we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernit. And every week we get together, we listen to great video game music across all generations, all consoles. If it's good, we will play it. If it's bad, we might still play it for the, for the joke of it all. <laughs> yeah, and we're just going to have a good time chatting because you and I, Pernell, we're both good people. That's what they say, but I don't know. I've seen some things. I've heard some things. <laughs> We've known each other a long time. That just that might just mean we just kind of blind ourselves. We to just the blind. Horrors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we got like our friendship goggles on. Yeah, I mean, like that. You put ketchup on your eggs. I mean, it seems awful, but you know, I can't let that fault you entirely as a person. <laughs> right. So I'll just let it go. Right. And you like to put um, you like to put uh, uh, a barbecue sauce in your beer. I have to try it actually. <laughs> I'm sure because I've seen that happen. Shoot. Tell everybody. Dude. You were like, oh, this is really good. <laughs> <laughs> this makes it extra smoky. <laughs> Smoker brand. All right. So um, we have a special announcement. If you are in the greater Philadelphia area, the end of June, we're talking June 25th. Come to Too Many Games, the video game convention. And Pernell and I will be there recording a live episode. And if you happen to be in a not-so-great Philadelphia area, more of the unpleasant component, still make your way out. You might feel a little bit better about where you live. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> I feel better about where you live. Actually, there's some really great places in Philadelphia that I saw yesterday. It oh? Was very, very nice. We went to a, um, a classic Japanese tea house and oh. garden that's been there since like... Wait, it has a garden? Yeah, that's why I wanted to go there, to see the garden. Yeah, it's in the, the horticultural center. In Philadelphia, off of Montgomery Avenue, I think I need to Montgomery go Drive. Yeah, very very cool. Um, so check that out. It's in Fairmount Park in Philadelphia. But no, so from June 23rd to June 25th at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center in Oaks, Pennsylvania, it's too many games. So there's going to be all sorts of crazy stuff going on. And the angry video game nerds always there, right? Yeah, he typically he's there all the time. They usually have like that Pat the Nez punk. Um, they do. A, they have a decent array of arcade machines. They have other panels. They have an awesome buyer's room slash like swap meet room. So like if you go there and you want to like buy some new video games or card or board games, they sell that. And if you feel like you want to swap a hot product for another hot product, they offer that too. So yeah, and also there's gonna be some great musical guests. So come around for the whole weekend. Um, there's gonna be Arm Cannon, which is Danimal Cannon, which we played on the show before. Also played on the show, Mega Rand's gonna be there. Uh, the Hyper Potions are gonna be there. Power Glove is gonna be there. Um, and actually, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Keith Apicary, who's uh, the comedian Nathan Barnett. He is hilarious. I he love that guy. Interesting guy. Have you met him before? If or- I remember correctly, he only thing I really know about him is he got ejected. <laughs> From, yeah, sounds right. from PAX East one year that I was there. But it was part of his act. Like he wasn't yeah, like yeah. he wasn't being like drunk or disordered or whatever. People were like, oh, the nerve of that guy. But I was like, that's actually what he wanted to do. That's it was hilarious. What he does. It's, it's so funny. Um yeah, I used to follow him when he was on uh, screwattack.com, where he had like most of his like video shorts on ScrewAttack, and he would go to these conventions and just be completely insane, like 
just so bizarre. But like, what I love about him is his, his physical comedy. He's able to like, he dances like a madman. I love watching him dance on YouTube. And he does like a crazy like flips and back flips and he like lands on his head. And he's so good at it. He's so good at it. Would you confirm that he's a maniac? He's a maniac. On or off the floor? He's a maniac on the floor, but I've also seen him be a maniac off the floor. This freak. But then he promptly lands right back down on the floor. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I'm looking for Hopefully he'll be around. Um, but right now, yeah, it's going to be Sunday, the last day of the Expo. Um, go to TooManyGames.com, and they'll have the schedule up in a little while, I guess. I don't know when it's going to be super finalized, but we'll be there. You should come, hang out, play Jubeat. Yeah, it's just going to be this show. Like, we might have, like, a different kind of bonus run at the end with some audience participation, but it's going to be this show. So if you want to be a part of this show doing exactly what we're doing right now <laughs> just come on out give us suggestions for a topic if you're interested too that might be interesting yeah that'd be kind of cool because if you don't i have some ideas already but we'll have to save it for the time yes all right so uh this week's topic is one i've been looking forward to doing um i think you might be a little less than uh interested you'd, you'd be surprised oh yeah okay good so this is classical music um and in my mind i was thinking uh, music inspired by classical pieces. And in my case, I was originally thinking that, and then I realized, holy crap, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that is music that actually is classical music that isn't games. That, well, if it's the theme, so I'm going to pick them anyway. Okay, great. No, that's awesome. So in my mind, I was really looking for uh, tracks that sounded like classical pieces on their own and less like uh, cinematic um, like background pieces or, or even like just something that sounds like cinematic. I think I have one that's closer to that, but really I wanted to find music that was like straight up like this is like its own piece of music like Mozart or something. So that makes me interested to hear what you came out with then because I wanted to do that, but it just didn't kind of happen like I hoped it would. Oh, cool. Um, I'm, I'm interested. I'm always like excited to hear what you picked. Like I love that you come into the, into the, into the studio <laughs> when I have no clue what you brought. Yeah, I'm, I'm a mystery man. From the mystery, you're the mystery machine. That's right. That's right. Scooby doing all that. So um, classical music, I'm going to start things off with the reason I really wanted to, the game that, that inspired me to pick this uh, topic. This is called Intelligent Cube for the Sony PlayStation. Mm-hmm. What do you know about Intelligent Cube? I do know that it is a puzzle game that involves a guy, and it's not wireframe, but it's kind of like wireframe i don't know it's like it's very it's black and white with yeah. lines yeah it's very con like very contrasty a lot of puzzles involving blocks that are either being pushed or being tilted or tilting on their own towards you and you're trying to avoid them yeah you're trying to, to stop the blocks from landing on you it's very like it's very uh it gives a very large feeling of scale because you're like this little guy running away but it's definitely like a puzzle slash it's definitely a puzzle game with a lot of danger involved so this is Intelligent Cube. This track is called Ecliptic, The First Tide. This is composed, arranged, and conducted by Takayuki Hattori. Ooh. Yeah.
This track is called Ecliptic. Um, not the first side. This one's just called Ecliptic from the game Intelligent Cube for the PlayStation, composed, arranged, conducted by Takayuki Hattori and a number of uh, instrumentalists. And actually, the, the chorus is by the Tokyo Philharmonic uh, Choir, which is incredible. So this this is uh, one of my favorite soundtracks for the longest time. I, it's like one of my favorite games. I'm just amazed by how dramatic this sounds yeah. for what is essentially a puzzle platformer. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a whole lot of platforming going on. So you're this tiny little guy, and I forget if there's even a story to it, but these cubes are just coming at you. They're just like rolling at you one after another, one after the other, and you have to uh, select a, a cube on the ground so to turn red, and then when a cube lands on it, it explodes and goes away. So you have to like kind of stop the cubes from coming at you in, in certain sequence because some of them they they don't explode right away. Some of them can't explode at all. Oh. So you have to like leave yourself a hole. But like if you don't make it, you get crushed or you fall off the side of the, of the place. It's just, so is it so is it one overall map? Like where it's, oh oh sorry crap. <laughs> I totally walked away from the microphone because I was getting comfortable with my lineage. But what I meant to say was. So it's basically one constant map where it's like a row of cues rolling towards you. You just keep pushing forward. Yeah, it's kind of like an isometric view, and it's all coming at you, and you kind of have like a long runway, and then it just drops off. Okay. So it's it's pretty. It gets pretty intense. I never got very far in this, but the the entire soundtrack is like this. So like the sense of scale within the game, and then the sense of scale with this music is just phenomenal. Clearly, I need to give this game a solid try. I mean, I've heard of it, knew of it. I know you've made a sequel at one point, which I think had oh, really? more variety in the gameplay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of variety going on here. Um, it was just, and I think that's what I really liked about it, too, was it was very uh, concise. You know what I mean? Like, they had an idea, and they executed it, and that's that's just what it was. Yeah, I can understand that. makes sense. And it's also kind of cool in that regard, too. But honestly, if music like this is playing while you're doing it, See that being a complete legit thing because you want to keep hearing this loop over while you're oh, destroying yeah. block after block after block. Yeah, and for for such like a cool orchestrated piece, it, it loops really nicely. Man, this is actually a good idea for that conveys what you were mentioning. It has a classical sound, but it may or may not have any actual influence from any actual classical pieces. It's just their interpretation of a sound that happens to be have a classical take on it. Yeah, absolutely. So I can dig this. All right, so now I'm curious. What what would you bring? Well. First track I picked, well, best way to put this, what I ended up doing was I was picking tracks that sounded classical, only to realize when going to pick the track itself that it actually had classical music inspiring or inspiration to it. So oh, there may cool. be injection of it, or it might just be a classical track entirely that I didn't even realize at the time where I realized I liked the song. Oh, so, we'll, we'll, we'll take a look then. <laughs> well, the first track is from an old puzzle game favorite of mine. Oh, another puzzle game. Oh, yeah, man. Yoshi's Cookie. Yoshi's Cookie. From the Game Boy. It was on Super Nintendo and NES 2, but I played it on the Game Boy. So I went with that. And the track is Versus Type C.
Welcome back. You are listening to Versus Type C from the game Yoshi's Cookie on the Game Boy. Written and composed by Akira Sato, Nabuya Ikuda, Noriko Nishizaka, and a person who just goes by Sutomu. Now, this track was my favorite choice of tunes when playing Yoshi's Cookie way back in the day. And it was pretty much almost the only one I ever bothered with, along with one other one for single player mode. But Versus, this was my jam. So... Come to find out that this track is actually inspired or completely made up of the track Seekzo's Post, which yes. was originally composed by Herman Neck. Yes, yes. I thought that sounded like that first part. Yeah, but it's like it's a great track. It's good for inspiring panic in a game that is all about panic and speed. Yeah. So I was happy to discover this is an actual classical piece inspired tune. Very interesting, because like on the Game Boy, Tetris was like, you know, the puzzle game, right? Yeah, that, that, that was systems. classical music, and so now we got this one. Yeah, I kind of think there might even be a trend in a lot of puzzle games where people, or at least there'd be one or two tracks inspired by classical music. So it makes me want to go back and look at a bunch of others to see if that comes across in those games too. But yes, I love this game so much, and this is a great tune to play to. I've only played it on the uh, SNES. Well, it plays the same way. Like, I think the SNES may have had another, another mode or so. Yeah. But for the most part, they all play the same. You got cookies coming in from... It's hard to even explain, but it's like, like a, always like a square grid. And cookies are coming in from the top, and they're coming in from the side in swarms of rows. And the idea is that you have to create rows of cookies, either horizontally or vertical, right. to have them shoot off the track and onto the production line for shipping or whatever. Yeah, I like that. So, like, you're constantly, like... And everything's on an X and Y axis on this grid of cookie types. Mm-hmm. I, I, thought, I thought it was interesting it was on the Game Boy, too, because this game is, is pretty colorful, and so you're kind of looking at the colors. Yeah, but on the Game Boy, the color comes out, and it's all about the Because, I mean, it's mainly shapes. Yeah, it's mainly the shapes. But yeah. the color did help you make the shapes stand out more, but on the Game Boy, all you have is the shape. Yeah. So it makes it a little tougher, but they're also very expressive shapes, too. So Yeah, this music is very... Um different like it's arranged in a very like poppy kind of way like jumpy jumpy kind of way i'm trying to not get yoshi from kool-aid i think i got this just on discount at the store like i was you, guess, got, you got it from kool-aid yeah oh, kool-aid to- points all right we gotta talk about that on the, uh, the next track <laughs> <laughs> all right so my next track um is from the game castlevania symphony of the night mm. yeah we're going baroque mm. everybody <laughs> go for baroque Baroque, is, you yeah. bastard! <laughs> I know, I had to. This oh. is uh, the, the song is called "Wood Carving Parisha," uh, composed by Michiro Yamane. You shit, you I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
You're listening to Wood Carving Parisha from the game Castlevania Symphony of the Night, composed by Michiro Yamane. We had a, a composer focus on Yamane. Did we? Yeah. I know we did Juko no, Ozawa. No, no, I was thinking of uh, our, our Castlevania episode. Okay, because yeah, I was going to say, like, I, would, I thought we talked about doing one, but we never officially did. No, I'm just remembering, oh, that's right, she did a whole mess of Castlevania games that I love, mm-hmm. or Castlevania soundtracks that I love. Yeah, the more the most iconic ones are her, if not all the iconic ones are her, and for good reason because the woman's a freaking musical genius, oh, powerhouse. Yeah, totally. This this is a very unique soundtrack. Like I I love the music in this game. It just it fits like the theme of the castle so well. Like all of like the the library, you know, and the stairwells, and this section right here. With the arpeggio. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, it's so amazing. Yeah, it's kind of a shame that you're spending all your time outright trashing the actual library. Yeah, I know. like spectral goo all over the bookshelves and everything. Yeah, I've never finished this game. I've gotten close. What? Yeah, I've never got to the end. I, I always get like lost or stuck, and then I just I never get back yeah, to it. Yes, blasphemous, right? Well, I mean, you know I don't play a lot of games. Blas- no, <laughs> blasphemy. This is like... This is the game that completely changed how people see Castlevania. And this is that game I know more than a few cats that make like a yearly tradition of playing through it <laughs> once a year and like sometimes in one sitting. That's how short it is. Like you could beat this game in one sitting. I could yeah, I mean a long sitting. Definitely. Well, yeah, yeah, sure. But we're talking like let me see. If you weren't speed running it and you were just learning and playing you could probably trash through this game in like maybe four hours. Maybe not the second castle, but hey. Wow, four hours. If you haven't even beaten the first castle. Am I that bad at this game that I spent more time just running around? Maybe. I don't know. I'm wow. just saying that there's no excuse, man. you got to play through this. All right, so I have a story about this game, but you first. What's this about getting games from Kool-Aid? Oh, I drank a lot of Kool-Aid, and they would give Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid points. They used to have the Kool-Aid club. Or a wacky oh, warehouse. That's right. Like on the on the packets, right? It had like a points on on the top. Yep. So what I would do is I'd buy multiple packs of Kool Aid. If they had some of some of the Kool Aid had special bonus points if you got the specific flavor. So I was stockable in one flavor. We would get the Kool Aid gushers, which would have extra points. <laughs> that's I would right, bug yeah. my friends for their Kool Aid points because their families had more money, so they didn't need Kool Aid points. So like, give me your Kool Aid points. I got to give new games. So that's awesome. I got Metroid Two because of Kool Aid. I got uh, Yoshi for, for because of Kool Aid. I got about maybe three or four different games through the Kool Aid Wacky Warehouse. That's so cool. Yeah, I made use of that stuff. I was I used to collect cans, I used to recycle bottles, I used to do Kool Aid points. Yeah, I funded my games through all kinds of. Yeah, you want to play games? Like you went out there and you were like, "I'm going to get them." Yeah, I want to get my games because my dad wasn't going to buy them and my mom didn't have a lot of money. So yeah, I, I just I did trades and then or I just played them super super late after someone didn't want them anymore. Yeah, I did that for my uncle. He would give me a lot of games too, yeah. but once he stopped buying games. I wasn't going to get Mega Man 4 on my own yeah. <laughs> through someone else. I had to get it myself. So so for this game, I remember going to uh, Funko Land. Remember Funko Land? I missed Funko And they had like different stations to play like different games. Mm-hmm. And they used to have like lots of classic stations. And they have one that was PlayStation. I didn't have a PlayStation. I've seen a lot of PlayStation games. And then I saw Symphony of the Night. And I started playing it. I'm like, this does not feel like a Castlevania game. It's amazing. And you know how they start you off with like insane weapons and like super high power and you're just like blowing through the whole thing yeah but that unfortunately that only lasts for like a yeah. minute yeah yeah like, but to me it was so new then the guy's like aha you made it this far and he takes away all your weapons and i was like oh man that's so cool 
he took away all my stuff. And then the guy who owned the place was like, he took all your stuff? I can't believe he took all your stuff. <laughs> and, and he sounded like, just like, like yeah, Fred Schneider. Yeah, he sounded like Fred Schneider yelling at me. Like I was like, what is wrong with you? And I felt like weirdly embarrassed. He was a vampire. And I was, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was a... Oh, my God. He lived in a casket. <laughs> oh, um... Yeah, so also on the vampire side of things, we just rented uh, this movie called What We Do in the Shadows. They bite necks. Oh, it's hilarious. It's like a, it's like a mockumentary about, oh, the, about vampires. The British movie. Yo, it's uh, from New Zealand. Oh, it's New Zealand. Yeah. But like it's, it's the one guy's like the oldest vampire who's in the basement. That yeah, movie. yeah. I yeah. haven't seen all of it, but I saw the beginning of it and thought it was hilarious. And they're all like yelling at each other about like not doing the dishes and, and, and killing their victims on the couch without putting a towel on it. It's, <laughs> it's freaking so, awesome. So good, so good. All right, so what, what's your uh, what's your second track? Well, um, this is a very fitting track for me being who I am, and it's especially fitting because I feel I always feel like when I bring up this series, this uh, one of the games that deserves way more love than people want to give it these days. Oh. It is from the game Persona 2 Eternal Punishment, and it is the Velvet Nameless Arrange. And it's composed by... I'll get to that in a second because there's a lot of names there too, <laughs> but it's the Velvet Arrange track from... Persona 2, Eternal Punishment. You've got a persona. You got a persona problem. I'll tell you when I have a persona <laughs> problem. Control it, do whatever I want. Okay, fine. Just a little bit of persona, just to slowly wean you off. Yeah. Then you can get back into just playing all the Kingdom Hearts 2.9. Oh God, 5.6. No, I'd, I'd rather have the persona problem. Remix. <laughs> Hello. 
How you guys do it? That's a new way to come back from a trip. <laughs> Hi! Oh, hello I'm there. Kidding. Hello there. Um, Thank you for joining us in the Velvet Room. Please enjoy your stay. And also watch Twin Peaks as it resumes this month or this weekend because I felt like saying that simply because, hey, the Red Room there, Velvet Room here. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. I just had to slip that in there. But anyway... The track is <laughs> Velvet Nameless Arrange from the game Persona 2 Eternal Punishment. Composed by Toshiko Tasaki, Kinichi Tsuchiya, and Masaki Kurokawa. The vocals for this track are done by Tomoko Komiya. Now, well, a vocal. Yeah, but <laughs> that's about all you get. That's all you get, yeah. But that's all you need. It sounds so good. Yeah, actually, it does come across. Like, it comes across, like, synthesized, and then... but. It sounds super clear. I, I like it. It's a good track, and I think it's my favorite version of the Velvet Room themes that have been played throughout the series. Yeah. Um, the compo- This also has, of course, influences from actual classical tracks, which I also did not know until this episode. It sounds like a, like a nocturne. Mm. No, what do you have? I came across uh, Piano Sonoma, Sonata Number no. 8 from Beethoven. Oh, uh, okay. And a J.S. Bach track, Going by two-part invention number 13. I don't know that. And for the record, I hate... That's what I hate about classical music. Uh, I like the sound (laughs) of classical music, but the naming conventions behind the tracks, good freaking luck trying to stick with that. (laughs) I'm going to have myself a dose of two-part intervention number 13. They're classics. So, you mean, like... It's just a given, right? So maybe back then when people were composing music on a regular in this style... what What would you name this track? I don't know. If not, if this wasn't like pronounced Eighth Symphony. Let me see. Version I don't know. two. You Dude. would call this. I, don't know, I mean, that's that's more so what the composer would do. It's like, because no, this is they it, have to. They, I would think they would name it akin along the lines of how they're feeling when they compose it. Like, I don't know. This could be like Blue Afternoon. I don't know. There you go. Blue Blue Afternoon. Yeah, composed see. by Purnell and conducted by Rob Nichols. Yeah, see, there we go. And you can throw that voice on there. We can sell. We can make a mint. Yeah, thank you, man. But I'll... instead, we get friggin' piano sonata number <laughs> eight. What about what's number nine? Yeah, how I'm... do you keep a How do you keep track of which is number eight, which is number nine? I'm telling you, this this whole show. I mean, we've done like seventy six episodes. It's just a long con to get my voice on NPR. It's only a matter of time. It, could, it needs to get done. And You're wrong. listening to Planet Money. <laughs> Planet Money? No, this is, um, what's that one? Cereal. Cereal? Like Lucky Charms? No, Cereal. About the about the murder. Oh, Cereal Mom. Yeah, the one that, the reason, like, podcasts are a big thing. Anyway. Oh! I have a friend who talks about this. Like, it's like, uh, not making a murder, but something like, it's like basically a podcast murder. It goes into detail about specific murder cases. Yeah, yeah, they're, like, investigating. It's pretty cool. Anyway. I want to listen to this show. It's good. You should listen to a lot of podcasts. I you, should listen to, you should listen to our podcast. I need to get started on it. It's My, pretty good. I never make time for anything, let alone podcasts, and I want to do more of that because it's another scenario. It's kind of like how I am with television. Like yeah. I like shows. I want to watch more shows, but it's like, how much time do I have in the day? It's like, well, I got to get these video games, and I got to play my games. <laughs> I know. I, I know. time. There's never any time. And then I'll be at work, and I'm like, I should listen to a podcast right now. I'd rather listen to the battle music from Persona 5. <laughs> or you can go on to twitch.tv and listen to me ramble while I play Enter the Gungeon. That's what I'm doing now. Oh, you're so you're putting Twitch to use. <laughs> yeah. I've been trying to do that, but it's like I can't find the niche. Like, 
I feel like there needs to be like a, a like you know we do a rhythm and pick. No, sorry, we do like the Pernell and Matt, and we record episodes of the show, and we throw it out right, and then we start talking about let's do it on Twitch, and I'm like, oh, we'll talk about that. We'll yeah, talk we'll about talk about, about later. I have some ideas for you. So, um, my next track is from the game Shadow of the Colossus. How about that one? Classics in that classic style. Well, that's what I mean. Like, still in that? I didn't even yeah, think th- about that. This, this to me sounds a lot more like uh, Philip Glass. So this is called In Awe of the Power from the game Shadow of the Colossus, and this is composed by Ko Otani. In Awe of the Power, indeed. You got a giant behemoth stomping around. Oh, yeah. places. It's a big, big, it's a big deal. It's a pretty big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Composed by Ko Otani for the game Shadow of the Colossus for the PlayStation 2. Um, one of my favorite games and just beautiful soundtrack. So this is, it's, it has definitely got, of all my tracks picked out, this is definitely more on the cinematic side. But it just, to me, it sounds like, you ever hear the planets? I have. I actually have the album at home. Yeah, the, uh, from Holst. Mm-hmm. So this, uh, this to me reminds me of like Mars, where it's like a lot of like, da 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 now, for, and going back to naming conventions, that's how you name some classical yes, tracks. There you go, yeah. That's distinct. You're like, Mars, okay, I know what I'm looking for here, not Planetary Sonata well, 16-5. <laughs> well, that was his theme, right? So then you had uh, Vivaldi, and Vivaldi had the Four Seasons. Yeah, and uh, I love it. We all know Winter. Unfortunately, that's the only one we know, because that's the one that's most played up. But you know what? I'm going to listen to the other seasons. I think, I'm thinking hard about that. I feel like I may have heard the other seasons, but Winter is the only one that I've actually heard to the point where I just know it. <laughs> Man. 
See that? Naming conventions for classical tracks. See that? We 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 just start. We just get our whole thing lined up together. We're gonna just, we're gonna make this work. We're gonna name a series of classical tunes, and then we're gonna play them on kitchen utensils. <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna put it out there as a rhythm and pixels music special. The people will love it. We'll say it was inspired by. You know, classic cartoons, or I don't know. Yeah, why does this just sound like a toddler banging on a pot and pan? Like, no, 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 this is this is serious Purnell right now. He's <laughs> inspired. This is art by the great Abraham Lincoln as an infant <laughs> in the bathroom, playing on all the steel cups because his mom was in the bathtub <laughs> and wasn't bothering him, so he could have as much fun as he wanted. Oh, my God. It's not even like an instrument, like, like you're playing like the saw or something. Like you're just like bang, banging on things. Banging on stuff, and it works. <laughs> That's crazy. It's inspired. That's what makes it art. All right, so what is, your, what is your last track? What's your artsy last track? Oh, Mr. Artist. Well, 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 you see, I put a lot of thought into this one, and I uh-huh, came uh-huh. about... With a track that, if I did not choose it, I would have felt like a mere plebe. And that, that, that's how you felt when you were uh, picking the track? Yes, I felt like it could be either a man or a peasant. And do you think, do you think your audience will uh, uh, continue supporting um, your work going forward? They should, because I am a humble man who deserves all your spammy stuff. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, man, I can be on NPR. This is NPR News. <laughs> You're interviewing the classic Pernock. <laughs> uh, the vernacular. Um, the track I picked, though, without, without more clowning around on my part. Yeah, the, tr- the track is the William Tell Overture Part 2, The Storm, <laughs> and Part 3, The Rons de Vox from the game Catherine. He basically took ah. those tracks and did them in his with his little flair to make them fit into the game Catherine and it's freaking awesome. Okay, cool. Welcome back to Rhythm and Pixels. You have listened to the William Tell Overture, Part 2, The Storm, and Part 3, The Rons de Vac by Shoji Magoro, but the original composition of the William Tell Overture was actually done by, my or mispronounced this, so don't shoot me, Gaiashino Rossini. I think you got it. I, 
don't don't hate me. Um, <laughs> but like this track, this, this whole game, I love the idea that he took every actual stage theme and repurposed classical music to fit the theme of the stage. This particular level was the sixth nightmare, the clock tower. And I this has had the most harsh effect on me up the entire game because it's a puzzle platformer. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen the puzzle aspects before, which is cool. Now, even though I had trouble here and there on certain stages, I was able to breeze through pretty much all of them, except for stage 6-3. This level, I hated everything, and I died. The whole game just overlapped on me multiple times, and I actually had to reteach myself how to play the game to do this one part, only to come to find out that this is actually a technique that the game wants you to learn, but it doesn't teach it to you. Oh, really? Just you have to learn it there, and if you don't, you can't proceed. You have to, like, adapt to it? You have to adapt to it, and it was freaking awesome. Oh, so, 6-3? Mm-hmm. That our podcast episode six three was our anniversary show. Really? Yeah. See, that wasn't nearly as frustrating yeah. as this stage was. <laughs> See that? <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, you should play this game. Like, it's a, it's an example. Oh, also worth mentioning. Um, the most recently released Persona Five that came out, Persona Addiction. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, <laughs> the design of this game. Both the environments and the character models and whatnot yeah, yeah. were them practicing to what became Persona Five. Oh, so it's got the same kind of style. Yeah, this it's, that style came from Catherine, even though the games are so many years apart. Oh, interesting. That's super interesting. Yep. And if you go back and play Catherine now, having played Persona Five, it's all right there. Like the the, the color line, the, the way they do the colors, and the way they have like the black lining around the characters. It's a lot of different. Like even some of the designs on the actual interface. Okay. The interface like the UI is similar. and everything is like the same, similar. Yep. So it's interesting to think about because I bet a lot of people that are playing Persona 5 don't even remember that. But it's there, and it's spectacular. Now, I know that um, this game also has a versus mode, which is really popular in the competitive scene. Wait, it is? Yes. I've seen, like, I was watching um, Street Fighter tournaments online, and there's, like, side tournaments for Catherine. So I would love to be a part yeah. of something like that because I've never been because able to play it was, this versus. It was intense. Like, yeah, because on versus, like, you're, you can, like, knock each other off the tower and stuff. Yep. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And you're also being chased by the map itself, so you can't just dawdle. You have to, you have to strategically yeah, you have to plan when you want to screw somebody yeah, else Yeah, there's up. a lot going on. There's a lot of, like, um... Uh, H, H, H. Undo, undo, <laughs> H. There's a lot of strategy. There's a lot of, like, juking where, like, you know, you go in one place and stop good in another place. So it's 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 really interesting. I would love to do that. And there's also the, the co-op mode, too, which I've never beaten. Oh. I've gotten... There's, like, the single version. You can do a single player or with co-op, but there's, like, four maps you have to unlock based on getting, like, gold medals. And I never beat the very last one, which is called the Axis Monday. It is absolute BS. You can probably look it up online <laughs> and watch people cry over it. But it is awful That's and hilarious. disgustingly hard. But it's fun, and I love the fact that this game exists, and I wish more people played it. So to hear you tell me that there's an actual competitive scene around it is yeah. awesome. I mean, maybe it's just what I saw on this one video, but it seemed to me like there were people into it. We need to have, maybe have to host a Catherine tournament. That'd be cool. Maybe I should go to 1984 about this. Get them off their butts and say, hey, look, we do a podcast now, so there's a little bit of weight. Yeah. Let's do a tournament. Don't you know who we are? Well, I wouldn't go that far. I'm just saying, maybe it'll maybe it'll, it'll come off better. Saying we, I'm a co-host of a podcast versus I'm some guy off the street. Would you host a tournament for me? Which I tried before and I didn't we go so well. We update an RSS feed every week, and we do it for free. That alone should let you request a tournament. That's worth at least one 
uh, PBR, right? <laughs> Half a PBR? Half a PBR. Would a drop of spit in it? All uh, right. Uh, well, that's no, fine. That's, not good. <laughs> that's, that's, great. that's probably what would happen if I walked in there talking like that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> they would do that. If they did, I'd be shocked because I would do that to me if I walked into my <laughs> bar talking like that. Oh, we got someone who thinks he's a big shot coming in here. Get the spit ready. Boy, get my spit ready. That's disgusting. That's, that's what? How does it even? How does it even work? Yeah, it's like another guy. He keeps a jar of it, man. So he stirs it, keeps it, keeps it. God, this is going no, a weird direction. Terrible. That's awful. All right, how, how about we do the bonus round? Okay, I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna, pull, I'm gonna turn the track down. And let's, mm. let's do the bonus round right now. All right, boy, get my bonus round. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, the bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers and remixes based on the theme. Uh, today's theme is classical music, and in the past, I've actually picked uh, orchestrated tracks as part of uh, my bonus round. So this time, I just I picked another uh, just another another usual game track that's also orchestrated, and I couldn't go a whole classical episode without playing a track from Nobuo Uematsu. This is called Waterside from the game Blue Dragon for the Xbox 360. And I think we played something from Blue Dragon in the past. Yeah, that you probably would like to forget that we played oh, a track. Oh, that was that funny opening thing. Being all in eyes. Oh, this is different. This, 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 <laughs> this track is amazing. So this is called Waterside. Wait, are you telling me that that other track wasn't amazing? I'm not going to tell you what to think <laughs> or how to feel for now. You do you. Okay. I want, I want you to make up your own mind. It was terrible. But I, <laughs> but I think you'll enjoy this one. <laughs> Okie dokie.
I love you, Blue Dragon. Blue Dragon don't love you. Yeah, blue. Um, that's, <laughs> it's that's, like I'm so hurt. I'm speechless. No, that's actually the name of my uh, 1980s New York street gang, the Blue Dragons. That would be an awesome yeah. name for, for an 80s gang name. Blue, blue Dragons. You want to cross the Blue Dragons, they'll make you suffer. Blue Dragon owns the B train. <laughs> and then so. Anyway, that was, a, that was Waterside um, arranged for orchestra uh, composed by Nomobuo Uematsu for the game Blue Dragon for the Xbox 360. All right, what do you have for us? Well, I ended up going with, not even sure if this is my usual bit at all, but it was just something I felt like picking. So I came around, I was like, I want to find something from the Mega Man universe that has a classical oh, twink to it. Cool. And I came across a piano rendition of the Mega Man 3 intro, which is my favorite of the Mega Man intros. So I decided to go with that. So this is the Mega Man 3 piano, a Mega Man 3 intro done on piano by composer Daniel Jansen. Didn't you just feel that deep down in the pit of your soul? If you didn't, you're a monster, and I don't love you anymore. <laughs> if you did, we are kin and belong together as friends and companions. Let's kick butt and take names. Hmm. Anyway, that was the Mega Man 3 piano intro done by the man, the lith, the legend. Well, he might not be all those things. I don't know, but he could be Daniel Jansen. That was awesome. Yeah, I like that. That was a really awesome arrangement. Yeah, it was I was just looking for Mega Man done on in a style of piano or other sorts of like violin or something like that, and I came across this madman and his spectacular product, and I could not help but want to share it. You know, the, actually, the ending of it I thought was really really cool, where he brought in that same motif but like at a higher key, and it was just it sounded really neat, mm -hmm. really really nice. So, for more information on the artists in the bonus round part of the show, go to rhythmandpixels.com, and we'll have links to their bios, band camps websites and everywhere else you can support the artists.
Thanks for joining us on episode nine. I'm sorry, eight <laughs> dash six of Rhythm and Pixels, the video game music podcast. Our focus on classical music, our classically classical music inspired by things. Just say classical and just go with it. Totally, it, works. Yeah, <laughs> it does the trick. Doing great, uh, but yeah, I had, a, I had a really good time um, exploring all the tracks and 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 finding finding new ones that I didn't know about. And I enjoyed coming across tracks I liked and only realizing after the fact that they actually had classical music inspirations and specific classic infusions. Yeah, the, the Catherine track you picked was really neat. It's a wonderful game. I'm telling you, you guys would like it. Both of you would play. You and Chrissy should play it. Oh, yeah. It'd be fun. Well, um, the next few episodes, we have some guests planned. Uh, actually, the next two are guests. And then we are going to be on another podcast uh, in a couple months. Really? Yeah. So we got we got we got big summer planned. So if you would like to contact us or let us know how we're doing or if you have any questions, please send an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And if you'd like for more information on the show, if you want a full track listing, um, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. And if you'd like to learn more about us through uh, social media or if you'd like to contact us through there, you go to Facebook.com, Twitter, Instagram, to just search for rhythm and pixels, all one word, and we'll just we'll just come up right away. And if we don't, something is very wrong, and you need to seek help. <laughs> exactly. Then there's something like something happened with our SEO and the Google robot or the space time continuum. Yes, yeah. big problem. There's a lot of time travel talk on our show, isn't there? As there should be. We need to keep people aware. Well, uh, tune in next week for a special episode with a special guest, um, and and that's all I've got. So my name is Rob Nichols. And I might be Purnell, but I'm not sure sometimes. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Oh, and the name of the show is the Rhythm and Pixels Video Game Music Podcast. You forgot. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> I'll see you next week. Have a good night. And remember, classical music is an awesome thing, both as far as concept goes and as well as just theme. And it's unfortunately underrepresented amongst the masses, I think, in this day and age. But... All the more reason why you need to focus heavily on looking into it and getting me to listen because you might get a bit of a classical push and feel a bit of a bit of culture from it. So give it a good listen and let us know what you think. Good night, folks. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> want to redo that a little because no, that, that was perfect. Like- that was perfect.